For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Home Daily for Friday, December 9th, 2022. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the latest film and TV news. This is Slash Home Editorial Director Peter Serretta. Joining me on his podcast is Slash Home Editor Ben Pearson. Hey, what's going on? Okay, so a lot of news actually happened over the last couple days. Uh, before we get into the DC stuff, which I think is the more meaty stuff, I wanted to talk about Election. They're making an Election sequel, Ben. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't know. Uh, when I was a kid, if you were in a horror movie, to get a sequel, you needed to, like, make a ton of money at the box office. I mean, that's probably dating myself because now, like, almost anything gets a sequel because of the, <laughs> the streaming era of of movies, right? Uh, but, I, okay, l- l- let me get into it. So, this is coming to Paramount+. Plus, and Reese Witherspoon is going to reprise her role as Tracy Flick. Uh, so I'm not sure if many people know this, but election is actually based on a book and recently a book, uh, a novel, uh, by Tom Prada. And he recently wrote a sequel came on June of 2022. And this is something that was a surprise to me. I didn't know that there was a sequel. It's Tracy Flick can't win. And it, uh, you know, it's one of those, uh, it it, it it brings us back to Reese Witherspoon's character from the original movie Election, and she is now. Hold on, let me. Oh my god, I, I think I, she's a, a middle school assistant principal or a high school assistant assistant principal in this. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I was like looking for what exactly she was because I, I had that in my notes here. Middle aged high school assistant principal is what it is, mm. and. Uh, you know, if it follows closely to the book, the book centers around Tracy's increasingly desperate attempts for a promotion after her boss unexpectedly retires. Um, and from what I understand, the Matthew Broderick character, Jim, uh, I think, uh, what, what did she call him in the riddle? Mr. M, I think. Um, I don't think is part of the book, or at least... Judging by, you know, I skimmed some reviews and stuff like that. It doesn't seem like he, he he's a major player here. It seems like it's just following Tracy Flick. But I was a huge fan of this movie. Like, this is like one of those underrated movies that I feel like a lot of people have not seen. It's it's such a great comedy. It's by Alexander Payne. The, the cast is incredible. It, uh, 
Ben, do you have any love for election? I don't. This is not like a you know oh, no. a totemic movie for me. I saw it once probably 20 years ago and haven't really – this is not like something that I've, I've revisited or, or really thought about. But I know it's like a um, – Jacob hates it when we use the word iconic in our articles on Slash Home. But I know that it is like an iconic movie for a lot of people. So. Yeah, and it's also one of those movies that was made uh, – wait, when did it come out? Like it came out in 99. 99, Yeah. It was made at a time, uh, you know, the main character of that movie. Actually, I'm not even sure if they, if Matthew Broderick's character is the main character because it switches between the characters from their different point of views. But, um, you know, he, he kind of uh, – I feel like history looked on Tracy Flick uh, more negatively than she probably should have been looked upon. And I feel like this book came out at a time to kind of like um, – redemption for tracy flick in a a way uh so i think it's a good time to come out with it i'm surprised that uh alexander payne is actually coming back to direct this for paramount plus and um i'm actually kind of surprised at this point that we're still having sequels go direct to streaming what what is your feelings on that that's yeah that's just the world we live in now it's so like the the this never would have happened you know if like whatever 10 (laughs) years ago or something it never would have gone straight to uh straight to video essentially is what these streaming titles are um but yeah man this is this is kind of wild like i'm glad that um that reese witherspoon is is getting her like top gun maverick moment of like you know coming out of uh out of retirement for a a beloved (laughs) character years later and or decades later really and um and being able to reprise that role, I hope it, it pays out for her, pays off for her. Um, Tom Parada, the the author that you mentioned, has written a ton of stuff. Like he wrote Little Children, which was turned into a movie. He wrote uh, The Leftovers, which uh, Damon Lindelof turned into a, an HBO show. Um, he wrote Mrs. Fletcher, which was also a, a show. So, I mean, he's the, the fact that this is a, a book from uh, a well-respected, um, sort of well-tapped author when it comes to adaptations uh combined with the idea that it's you know bringing reese witherspoon who's like super beloved now um (laughs) back into the fold is uh it seems like sort of a a slam dunk for for streaming whatever that means these days (laughs) yeah i'm excited for this one and i'm actually going to uh download this book on audible where apparently lucy Liu is uh reads the book oh awesome yeah so anyways uh (laughs) okay so the big news uh is Next week, supposedly, James Gunn and Peter Safran are going to be presenting their their plans for DC movies uh, to you know Warner Brothers Discovery. And ahead of that, some of the news has kind of hit the internet. Is the news correct? I don't know because we also uh, before I read anything, I want to read you. Uh, James Gunn's tweets. He responded to this. The story originally broke from the Hollywood Reporter. But I want to read this first because I just want you to know that uh, some of this is not necessarily true. But we're still going to talk about it anyways. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. James Gunn says, as for the story yesterday in the Hollywood Reporter, some of it's true. Some of it's half true. Some of it's not true. And some of it we haven't decided yet whether it's true or not. (laughs) <laughs> although <laughs> although this is the first month of DC at DC has been fruitful, building the next 10 years of story takes time and we're just beginning. Peter and I chose to helm DC Studios knowing that we were coming into a fractious environment, 
both in stories being told and in the audience itself. And there would be an unavoidable transitional period as we moved into telling a cohesive story across film, TV, animation, and gaming. But in the end, the drawbacks of that transitional period were dwarfed by the creative possibilities and opportunity to build upon what has worked in DC so far and to help rectify what has not. We know we are not going to make every single person happy every step of the way, but we can promise that everything we do is done in the service of story, in the service of the DC characters we know you cherish and we have cherished our whole lives. As for more answers about the future of the DCU, I will sadly have to ask you to wait. We are giving these characters and stories the time and attention they deserve, and we ourselves still have a lot more questions to ask and answer. So, Ben, what, what, what do you take from this? Uh, I, I mean, well, a lot, really. <laughs> but the, the big thing is just that the idea of growing pains, right? Like the idea that... Um, you know, let's say five years from now, assuming uh, Gunn and Saffron's contracts are renewed, because I think they're only set up for a two or three year stretch yeah. right now. Um, the DCU will look totally different than what it looks like now, but it's going to take a lot of um, a lot of like uh, broken eggs or spilled milk or whatever the phrase is to sort of get there to like, it's so unwieldy right now. So like the idea that um, if you envision the DCU as like a living thing, like a limb might have to be chopped off right now <laughs> in order to salvage this thing and keep the whole thing moving forward in a way that they want to. So, um, you know, I know a lot of people have very, very strong feelings about their corners of the DC universe. Uh, I'm sure, like he said, not everybody's going to be happy about this, but I'm just curious, like what it's going to look like in a few years when all of that cohesion finally comes to pass. And he's talking about this, uh, this grand unified story across all these different mediums that's that's kind of fascinating to me and and that's something that like yeah does marvel studios even do that <laughs> to that degree like obviously they do with film and tv um the comics are separate, separate. the their video game stuff seems separate that it doesn't seem like that they're telling like canonical stories with like i know the guardians of the galaxy just had a video game not too long ago i have not played it but i don't think that's like a canonical marvel studios you know mcu approved thing i think it's just like the same characters. So um, this seems like a really, really ambitious goal that they have that I'm, I'm curious how it, how it looks going ahead. Yeah. I imagine DC you in, in a few years, missing a head, missing an arm, missing a leg. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think uh, it's honestly the most shocking thing to me is that, that, that they're planning 10 years out. And like you said, film TV animation and gaming, Marvel is doing film TV and animation, but to put gaming in the mix, that just, I don't know. It seems very ambitious. I'll, yeah. I'll, say, I'll say that much. Uh, but let, let's talk about what um, was reported. And Hollywood Reporter, again, some of this is inaccurate. Which part is inaccurate? James Gunn did not tell us. So we're just going to read through all of it. Uh, so according to Hollywood Reporter, Gunn and Saffron supposedly want a fresh slate, which means the final curtain call on Zack Snyder era of DC, uh, the upcoming Flashpoint film, will allegedly be the last time that we see the Zack Snyder version of your favorite heroes in cameo form. Uh, I think that's not surprising. Uh, well, actually, some of that's surprising. Well, let's get into that. Okay. Uh, I think the the juiciest part of this, the, the most 
the the thing that has been confirmed the most confirmed i'm going to use loosely uh, been reported on the most Mm -hmm. is wonder woman 3 will not be moving forward and that seems to be confirmed by multiple sources the rap uh confirmed a variety uh confirmed it so this is something that seems is one of the the limbs that is missing but in the original hollywood reporter article it was kind of it made that out it was part of this whole reorganization and the rap is actually alleging that wonder woman 3 was not a direct cancellation by the studio but that the director and co-writer patty jenkins declined to rewrite her treatment effectively walking off the project so according to their sources she handed in a treatment for wonder woman 3 uh you know a sequel to wonder woman 19 85 84 84 yeah uh and would given not only to dc's co-heads james gunn and pete saffron but also warner brother executive michael degloca and pamela abdi uh while all four figures believed the treatment needed edits gunn and saffron were apparently not involved in the final decision whatsoever but deluca and our uh abdi abdi uh and jenkins reportedly had a heated discussion about the treatment with the latter standing firm on her vision for the character and the trio unable to compromise. So according to the rap's insider source, uh, Jenkins quote, uh, doesn't want to allow Gunn and Saffron's a seat at the table while also claiming that uh, Jenkins believed that DeLuca and Abdi didn't understand her on Warner, uh, on Wonder Woman, I'm a little skeptical on uh, on those claims. Like that seems like, uh, how would they even know that? Yeah, but I, I do believe that she probably did hand in a treatment. They wanted requested uh, big changes, and she didn't want to do that. Uh, it seems like enough people confirmed that much, and also we should mention that Jenkins. Uh, you know, it, it's uh, been written that she walked off of Thor 2. She was originally supposed to uh, direct Thor 2, and she had some creative disagreements there. And there was also some unconfirmed reports that she walked off uh, Rogue Squadron due to creative disagreements. Uh, we haven't mm-hmm. really learned much of that. But um, so I guess the, the bottom line here is Gal Gadot is she, – she could still be – Wonder Woman, but Patty Jenkins will probably not be the person, uh, you know, behind the camera of that. What are your thoughts on all this? Yeah, if the previous um, part of the report, meaning Flashpoint will be the last time that we see the Zack Snyder era (laughs) characters of DC, uh, if that part is true, then Gal Gadot can't really be Wonder Woman moving forward, right? Because Flashpoint is coming out next year uh, and Wonder Woman 3 hasn't even started filming yet. So unless they decide to keep her, but not some of these other people that we're going to talk about, which would be a super weird choice. I feel like this, this idea of Gunn and Saffron wanting to sort of clear the decks and and create a a fresh slate. um, It just doesn't seem like Gal Gadot is going to fit into that. If if that's actually, you know, a a true part of this report. So um, how I feel about that, like I, I didn't really care for Wonder Woman 1984. I really liked the first Wonder Woman a lot. I thought she was great in the first movie. I didn't really think she was all that great in the second movie. So uh, that's a, it's a complicated situation. Like I, I, 
I guess these characters are all going to be um, recast at some point anyway. So maybe just sort of like cut your losses and, and you know, if you're Gal Gadot, like walk away with like a, a uh, let's call it a, a half and half record instead of maybe coming back and, and potentially like um, ruining that legacy in some way or something. I don't know. Um, there's a lot, a lot to, uh, to think about there, but what, what do you think about it? Um, you know, when, when Gunn and Saffron came on to, to head DC, future of DC, the thing I had assumed to be true is they were going to keep the successful mm-hmm. parts of it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like you can't get rid of uh, Matt Reeves, Batman, uh, and there's no intention to, I, I, apparently according to this report, Matt Reeves, Batman is still safe. The Joker sequel is still safe there. Those are still in the works. Uh, but I had also assumed that like, Oh, uh, you know, wonder woman, people love, her in as wonder woman there there's going to be another wonder woman movie and there's i also had assumed that jason momoa as aquaman was going to be something that they were going to keep somehow mm-hmm. even though it's messy like you say it's it's completely messy like it would be so much easier to just completely clear the deck and start over but also money right yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and not just money that, that that i think is very cynical also fans love them as the characters yeah do you know i mean um (laughs) this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently to the untrained ear everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping so he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand and he knows granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears call clickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, uh, but, you know, since they came on board, there was, you know, a Black Adam movie that came out and, uh, spoilers for Black Adam end credit scene, which I think has been talked to death online. So if you don't know about it at this point, I'm sorry, sorry. but we're going to talk about it. Yeah. We're going to talk about it. But, uh, Henry Cavell, you know, reprises for, uh, his role as Superman in the end credit scene, kind of teasing up more and online after, you know, was it officially announced that like he was going to be back as Superman? So I think it was, I, I think it was like, you know, it was in some report somewhere, but like, I, I don't know if DC actually made that <laughs> announcement. I don't, I don't know. It, you know how, like, um, you know how, uh, in star Wars reporting, people will make announcements. Like, I think we, we broke the story about like Rosario Dawson, for example, being cast as yeah. uh, Ahsoka, Ahsoka Tano. Right. And, but like starwars.com is sort of like, unless you hear it from, from them, like that's the official source or whatever. Like that's, that's the studio willing to actually go on the record and say this thing and like officially, officially, officially reveal it to the world. <laughs> um, I think some of this stuff was 
about Superman was like reported on in the trades as like, oh yeah, this is definitely happening. Like, you know, any normal casting story or something like that, that you just like 99% of the time, this stuff is real and pans out. Um, But I don't think on DC.com or whatever, WarnerBrothers.com or whatever the official um, uh, equivalent would be, I don't think they ever actually said, yep, Henry Cavill's (laughs) coming back. And this is, this is, you know, um, this is the movie that he's going to be in. This is the, these are the details surrounding his, his return. Um, Because I think a lot of it was still just like up in the air. And I remember there being reports about like the studio didn't want Henry Cavill to come back in Black Adam, but Dwayne Johnson basically like went around people because there's all these like um, executive changes and stuff happening. And it's sort of like a tumultuous time at the studio. And he was able to basically just like go around people and, and um, (laughs) you know, make this happen through sheer force of will. And like the idea that Henry Cavill uh, left the Witcher um, after a a pretty successful run in that show. Three seasons. Yeah. Three seasons in order to, um, you know, really like fully embrace the Superman role and come back. And he's been, on the, this press tour talking about all the stuff that he wants to do as the character and how he wants to change the tone of Superman and all of this. And he's really seems to be like putting all of his eggs in the Superman basket. And and now this report's basically like, yeah, we don't really know if, uh, if Henry Cavill is going to come back as Superman. I, I don't really think it's going to happen. So, um, oof, man, that, that's a, that's a tough beat for, uh, for Henry Cavill. I'm sure he'll land on his feet and be just fine. Um, at, but we've talked about this before, how like we think he's a great Superman who just hasn't really been in great movies, like great Superman movies. And uh, that would be a shame if that happens, because unlike Gal Gadot, who really got, I think, a pretty good solo movie in the first Wonder Woman, Henry Cavill, like, I guess the Man of Steel, like I think most Man of that of movie is, is like is pretty good. Three fourths of the way of, of a, yeah, a great movie. Not, I think uh, one third, uh, one fourth of it is like questionable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that, that was 2013, Peter, that was a long time ago, you know? And, and like for him 10 years later to still be like the steward (laughs) of this character and hanging on to it, like, yeah, I guess it's just time to maybe like try another, you know, try again, basically. So, um, like how long can you possibly go? Uh, I don't know. I I guess ask, you know, people who've played James Bond for 15 years or whatever, (laughs) you know, there are, there are longer tenured actors out there. Uh, Hugh Jackman, I guess would be like the perfect (laughs) example, but, um, but still, I mean, yeah, it's a, I I think this whole thing boils down to just like tough beat for Henry Cavill, if this is true. And, and, and I could be wrong, but like when we were talking about it being reported that, uh, you know, he's back as the character in DC, but I think he made a tweet. I think, you know, he, he made some quotes. There was, uh, the rock, you know, made some tweets and quotes. So it's not like it was in the film. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So it's totally. not like oh, yeah. a, a bunch of websites just ran with it. it like, right, right, right. Yeah, he he like released a video on Instagram and he was just like, "I'm back. I can't wait to show you guys more." Like there, you know, all this stuff is in the works, and and yeah, it was definitely like, uh, you know, he made it seem like the wheels were turning for what was going on, and they may well have been at the time, but now that was before uh, James Gunn and Peter Safran came in, and so those wheels may not be turning anymore. Yeah, and uh, you know, if you talk to The Rock, you know, Black Adam Two is g- definitely going to happen. But according to this report, Black Adam Two isn't going to happen. And actually, there was some like weirdness this past week over reporting of like Black Adam did not break even, and then later a report came out on Deadline that uh, feels like it was fed to them from Warner Brothers saying that Black Adam, uh, 
kind of made a little bit of money. <laughs> yeah, it actually will make some by the time it's done with its like VOD run or whatever. Yeah, a lot of um sort of uh almost like nitpicking there um in that language, but basically Black Adam was not like a smash success, which is what they everybody wanted it to be. Um and it it wasn't it, it wasn't a big enough hit for them to guarantee a sequel. For them to make a sequel um you know make true financial sense and it's like a given like it is sometimes when movies make whatever it is a billion dollars plus worldwide or something (laughs) and it's like oh yeah obviously there's going to be a sequel to this um black adam costs so much money largely probably because the development stretched over so many years that um that yeah it it just didn't perform financially the way that they wanted to so yeah it sounds like black adam 2 is definitely not a guarantee i'm guessing we're still going to see dwayne johnson as that character just pop up in other movies or something like that and maybe they'll do a shazam or something yeah exactly or or maybe even they'll bring some of those justice society characters back into a a larger group thing or whatever if gun and saffron want that to be the direction that they want to point this whole thing but um i feel like you know we're talking about Maybe no more Henry Cavill as Superman. Maybe no more Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. I would be surprised if they basically like yanked the rug out from underneath Dwayne Johnson so quickly <laughs> after one movie. That it just seems like something that um, that is not going to happen. Like my guess is we'll see Dwayne Johnson as Black Adam in at least one more thing, whatever that thing is. I have no idea, but uh, that's my guess. Yeah, uh, probably the biggest shocker of this to me is Jason Momoa's Aquaman. Uh, according to this report, we'll have his last big screen hurrah in the upcoming sequel, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. And I, I don't know. I just thought that he was going to be a definite to go on because, like, you know, uh, they, they kind of built up this whole underwater world. There was going to be these spinoffs that uh, – what was that? The the, um, the trench, trench, I think. Yeah, I think that didn't end up happening. But, like, I don't know. It just felt like there was going to be more to Aquaman and in him. And in this report, they claimed that uh, not only is that going to be Aquaman's last movie in the DC, but Jason Momoa could return in DC as Lobo. So I'm not sure if you you know Lobo. Do you know anything about Lobo? I I know of Lobo from reading slash film from you know 2005 <laughs> on, and remembering like there being talks of a Lobo movie in whatever 2007, 2008, or something that obviously never never came to pass. I never read the comics with Lobo, but he's basically like this, as you have in your your notes here, Eric Vespi. Uh, has described Lobo as like the he's one of the writers for Slash Home in case people don't know um, he's described him in an article as a, a galactic bounty hunter who looks like Rob Zombie got melded with Arnold Schwarzenegger and the entire band Kiss in full makeup and costume so um, yeah he's like the you know a, an, a, a product of that era in the 90s where everything was like extreme in the comics and like Rob Liefeld and that whole um, you know sort of aesthetic uh, movement where all the characters had were like super jacked and like um, you know, riding motorcycles with chains around them. <laughs> you know, it's just like, you know, as as big sort of like maximalist, uh, ultra masculinity action kind of thing as possible on the on the page. Um, and that's the the sort of world that that Lobo comes out of. He's this, uh, we've probably talked about him on, yeah. on the podcast before, but that's the the broad strokes of that character. And, and I would say this, Jason Momoa actually feels like the perfect guy to play Lobo, except for the fact that he played Aquaman. 
Is, is that weird if he got cast as Lobo and it's not related to Aquaman in any I mean, I don't, would it even be weirder if Aquaman became Lobo? I don't know. <laughs> but I say bring it on, man. Like at this point, like let's let's lean into those growing pains that James Gunn was talking about. Like let's get weird. Let's do it. And, and James Gunn has done this before where he's like brought characters from uh, from his Marvel stuff over into DC. Like uh, Sylvester Stallone showed up in, in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and then voiced uh, King Shark in the Suicide Squad. So like he has a history of working with um, actors multiple times um, and, and sort of like, you know, crossing the, the boundaries of like what you, <laughs> what, what is typically done. I mean, there, there's probably what, 30 people or something total who have been in um, Marvel projects and DC projects over the past 20, 30 years or whatever. Um, and so that that's not like a huge number. So like the idea of somebody being in a billion dollar grocer in the first Aquaman and being like this sort of, um, again, iconic uh, iteration of this DC character. And then that same actor playing a totally different part in uh, like kind of sort of the same universe, but maybe a different cinematic universe, but it's still like under the DC Warner brothers uh, <laughs> banner is like super confusing, but also like, let's just go. Like <laughs> if, if that, if he's the perfect fit for that character, uh, I, I have no ill will toward Jason Momoa. So, and I feel like he, like you said, he's a good fit for the role. So like, I don't know. Um, should Jason Momoa just like ride off into the sunset and be like, I'm done with my time at DC uh, maybe, maybe not. I, I guess I could hear arguments either way, but um, I don't know. I, I just kind of like the idea personally, so I'm I'm a little invested in this now. I will say that if Gunn and Saffron can make this new DC into a thing and can can uh, emulate what Marvel has done, they do have a much bigger opportunity in the future of doing what Marvel has is trying to do with their multiverse stuff. They could bring in all these characters from another multiverse, another universe and have them go against the, this new crop. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like there's an opportunity there because they, they had built up all these actors as these characters. And if they're going to reboot them already, th there's some kind of opportunity to, to have yeah. them come back in a way. I guess maybe akin to like what Marvel did with the X-Men or with Fox did with the X-Men and so we got, but yeah. 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 Um, you know what? I, I'm, I, I bet Peter uh, Saffron and, and, and by the way, so I'd like to see, I was going to say, I'd like to see Aquaman go to battle with, with Jason Momoa with as Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> with Lobo. <laughs> That would be great. Uh, I, I bet Saffron and Gunn are really, really happy that Flashpoint had not come out by the time that they, signed on as the heads of DC because that movie really does, uh, you know, whether it requires more reshoots and more, you know, chaotic production stuff leading up to the release of it, that really does seem like the perfect reset button for what they want to do. And I have no idea whether they're going to, you know, basically bring everybody back to use that as the, um, the sort of jumping off point for what they want to do here and, and really like um, making that delineation clear, uh, you know, I can envision a scenario where they have all of the Zack Snyder people, uh, you know, Henry Cavill, Gal Gadot, whatever, Ben Affleck as, as Batman come back in that movie. And like, they all walk off into a portal or something. Right. And, and like, yeah. presumably never to be seen again, but like you said, also keeping the option open down the line for that door, that portal to reopen and those characters to come back out. But that flashpoint movie really does seem like the great, 
um, equalizer and the great sort of uh, re-leveling uh, point of what they can do there and like a, a narrative reason built into that story for why these characters are going to go away and why other people are going to come in. So um, that would be a lot of work for them to be able to <laughs> recast every single one of those roles and bring in and introduce all of those new versions of those characters in that movie. I don't think that's going to happen, but no. um, as, as far as an exit for those other ones or like a, a temporary exit in any way, that movie makes a lot of sense to me to be the spot for that to happen. So I'm, I'm glad, I bet they're glad that they have that sort of on deck. Oh, and the other thing we should briefly mention is they were going to do something like what I was talking about with Michael Keaton because he's in Flashpoint and I guess he's probably still going to be in Flashpoint as, you know, uh, Tim Burton's Bruce Wayne slash Batman. Mm -hmm. But he was also supposed to be in uh, Batgirl. Mm-hmm. That which was canceled. He was also going to be in other stuff. There was uh, some. There was a project in the works that was. He had him as a star, and uh, online it, it's been reported that that was actually going to be a Batman Beyond movie, and that's canceled. I would have loved to have seen that, but mm -hmm. um, yeah. Anyways, uh, next week is this meeting. It's not something like Comic Con that's broadcast on the internet. This is something at Warner Brothers for the executives and I'm I'm sure we'll hear rumblings out of it. I'm sure like it'll be reported, but this isn't like a public facing right thing. So so I'm sure over the next couple of weeks we'll be learning more about what 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 the future of the DC movies are. Uh also, you know, how JJ Abrams fits into all this because he came over to Warner Brothers and I think that was one of the big draws to him was to be part of DC movies and there's no been no mention of him here. So yeah, like a, anyway. a few weeks ago, they mentioned that the, uh, that black Superman movie that he was producing was like still sort of on the back burner. So like, you know, I'm curious what gun and Saffron do with that. If that's something that they're interested in sort of incorporating into their larger vision here. But yeah, like you said, I guess we'll, we'll find out next week, hopefully. Yeah. You can find more of all the work at slashroom.com. You can find this podcast on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please subscribe to our newsletter, link in the show notes, and send us your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at peter at slashroom.com. Rate and read this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, spread the word, and we'll see you on Monday. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows granger has got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.